You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Ryan, some pretty massive changes that I keep hearing about at Google Ads, and we know it's coming down the pipe over the next few weeks, and that is smart shopping changes into Performance Max. Now, I keep hearing so much about this. Everybody seems to be concerned about it. It's all over Twitter, marketing Twitter, etc. I hear good things. I hear bad things, mostly bad things. And I think part of that is people <laughs> hate change, right? But yep. at the same time, um, I'm really interested to learn your take on this because I just am kind of a fly on the wall. And um, I see a lot of comments about it, as I said, but mm-hmm. I want to know what an expert thinks and somebody I can trust. So school me on it. Seems like Google's always changing anyways, right? I just saw this morning that they're doing a search algorithm update again. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, Constant. I mean, yeah, right. That's happening every minute, seems like. Uh, at least this one, they were public about it and told us. So what do we know about Performance Max? Why is this one so different? What do we need to know? Let's start there. All right. So, I mean, one of the reasons I have a job is because Google keeps changing. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> Thank you, to Google. a degree, I'm thankful that uh, Google does have changes. Don't sell yourself short, Ryan. (laughs) I mean, that's a big one uh, because if it was the same as it was 10 years ago, I mean, everybody would have figured it out. It's no reason to have experts. So Performance Max, though, is it was a logical next step for Google, I guess, from smart shopping where it's trying to automate all the shopping stuff and remarketing, throwing it into one campaign. Performance Max is the next iteration that basically dumps everything Google does into one campaign for e-com says, okay, go do it. I liken it to what happened with the local advertising, like AdWords Express for small local businesses. Uh, a few years ago, it was just, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, just give us a couple keywords. Give us your address. We'll kind of do it all for you. Tell us how much you want to spend. So essentially for e-com, it's like, hey, let's throw it all in there. Tell us how much you want to spend and what your goals are and we'll go do it all. So I mean- Is Express still a thing? You know what? I don't even know because we don't manage it. <laughs> right. So, I, mean, I was I just, I've never heard of it. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that, you know, and one of the things we you and I talked about was, will Performance Max be around for a long time? Will Google maybe change their mind like because it doesn't do what they were hoping it will do? But we're stuck with it for now. So we'll, for sure. we'll stay on it's, that. We've got to ride this train for a little while because mm-hmm. Google has pushed it out a few times. And it seems that mm-hmm. this is the last deadline push. So over as of this recording in the middle of August, we've got like three or four weeks and everybody's being migrated to it. So you can either okay. choose to upgrade early and do it on your own, or Mm -hmm. Google does it automatically on a certain date and that notification is in your account. Lovely. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing like just being auto-upgraded. I'll put that in Yeah, there's not a way to get... Yeah, you can't opt out of it. And so it's like this campaign structure is being forced. Like there's no no way around it. Smart shopping will become performance max. And Google is really good at naming things, by the way. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just... Who doesn't performance want performance max. max? That sounds awesome. The reality is I just, I think it's going to be almost anything but that for the vast majority of advertisers. I think there's some okay. things that are kind of cool, but it's really different because what we're seeing now is everything in the search funnel. So from prospecting video to top of funnel shopping campaigns to bottom of funnel brand search and remarketing is all being thrown into one thing and you have to pick a goal for that. And you're like, well, that's a lot of layers that we used to be able to set individually and say, well, this is top of funnel. So I don't really need to have 
you know, a, a ROAS goal where I'm making money or breaking mm -hmm. even. I just know that that's filling things down the funnel and I gradually increase return on ad spend goals as I go further down the funnel. I'm a kind of a control freak when it comes to marketing. Mm -hmm. So that's what we would do. Now you're like, it's how do you set that goal and how do you make it so that it scales a brand rather than throttles mm -hmm. a brand? There's a lot of things to consider in this big, massive game-changing move that Google's throwing out, out there. So, okay, what can you do to get some control, right? What do advertisers need to be thinking about when it comes to the switch? Well, I mean, step one is, is understanding that Google's goals are not your goals as a brand owner or marketing mm -hmm. team. Like Google's, I don't think they're inherently evil. Like there's some people that would probably try to argue that. I don't think that. I think there's a lot of very intelligent people with very good goals internally trying to help businesses. But at the end of the day, Google does have to take care of their shareholders. That is their yeah. objective. Not they're not Their they're objective is not to take care of your business. That's your job. And so- Understanding that vein, you have to say, okay, how do I make what Google's doing work for my business in particular? Because mm -hmm. it's going to be different than, than the guy's business down the street or down the hall. And so you have to really put a lot of thought into your campaign structure. So what you don't have to do is have one performance max campaign. Like you can have multiple. You can put different products in different ones. So if there's certain products that fit, you know, top of funnel, like most people start their relationship with your brand with this product. And if they're buying this product, they've probably already bought other things from you. You can make different assumptions around what your goals should be within that. So just go to the whiteboard, start brainstorming different ways, and then test and measure what's happening to your brand through this process. And Google's creating videos for people. And that's a, I think that's one of the biggest changes that I think people don't expect. Like just pushing play on Performance Max saying, great, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Well, if Google's creating videos for you and you don't have a YouTube channel, you've never done it, what are they going to put together? <laughs> yeah. They're going to put together some stills. Well, even that, like it's got to be at the scale it's Google's doing this, it's got to be AI generated. Yeah. So you know a human's not making your video and so any of that nuance is gone. Now, I'm yes. sure it's not horrible, but it's most anybody who really cares about their brand is probably like, this is horrible. Oh, yeah. You, you can believe that, you know, I think Nike comes up a lot because we're very familiar with it here mm -hmm. in Portland. Like, I guarantee Nike's not letting Google create videos for Nike. Like, so what are your options? Do you like. just say, you just say, well, then turn off shopping? Uh, no, you, I mean, you can't because it's such a driver of new right. traffic to the site, as you know, as you see the data. And so you you can give Google your own video. So if you've already got marketing videos, take one of them from YouTube and say, this mm -hmm. is my video, Google, don't make me one. I don't like the, what you want to do mm -hmm. or mine's better. And so for companies that have already created video assets, it's pretty easy. Just okay. tell Google that. You might need to slice and dice some or you need to have some 15 second ones that you're testing, but make sure that there's logo overlays on that. So if somebody sees the video from a remarketing standpoint or even a prospecting standpoint, they can see quickly what it is. You know, I was actually at this conference, which is where this content came from last week. And one of our clients was there and he's like, hey, I already, we just got our video done. And he was showing it to me. I was like, well, that's great. It was a good video, but it had no logo. So I was like, you've got to get logo on there because nobody knows who's giving him this video. And then it, it was all talking. I was like, well, that's great. Good messaging, good, good actual content from a voice perspective, voiceover. But most people watch video with the sound off. Yeah. Like if you're giving me a remarketing video, great. But if it's on, even if it's scrolling through a feed, like if I'm on YouTube, 
chances are I'm listening to something mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to see it, but you've got to have a, a good call out pre five seconds in case I'm skipping things and doing yeah. so. Well, I'd like to listen to talks from authors of books that I'm interested in. I'll go online on YouTube, search for that book. Normally what comes up is a talk that they gave at a conference that's on YouTube. Now I get the whole gist of the book in 30 minutes and I leave it on in the background. So I'm like, you know, listening to it, but I'm not necessarily watching the whole thing. And so I I do think audio matters, right? Yep. To some degree on YouTube. But yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how Google is even going to do that. How could they do a? I mean, you could do an AI voiceover track, whatever, but how do you think think, they're going to be able to make this? I don't think Google's doing audio. I don't. I'll have to check on that, actually. I don't know. But it's, again, having that control over what Google's pushing out there for your brand so that you can be confident that your brand is taken care of Mm. and you've got a a solid piece of content that helps push people down the process to purchase. I'm having to do this for my own brand. So thankfully, we already had some video assets, but we've got to go edit them down and, and create some different versions that we can set up to Google. So you can give Google bits and pieces and say, here's a library of stuff you can pull from, or do you have to give them full videos? No, you can do both. And so I think that there's great opportunity to even test the the Google AI, let them create Mm -hmm. some stuff, see what happens. I mean, there's potentially some upside to allowing Google to do some things that they think are going to fit into what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it doesn't look like the crappy Amazon ads you see in Google ads everywhere, where it's just the product's with like, you know, a photo of a product and you're like, I don't even know what this product is. It's pretty interesting at times, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, ideally it's some remarketing that's in there. So if you've been on this product, there's going to be a video for it, but there's likely some prospecting in there Mm -hmm. as well. So I know this might be a little early to ask the question because not everybody has Performance Max turned on, but from the sample size of the several clients that you guys have, what kind of results can people expect from, from this new campaign? I mean, it is, like you thought, unknown for sure, because Mm -hmm. every brand's going to react differently depending on what they've got in their account in addition to Performance Max, uh, how the videos are going. But it's the key is going to be watch very closely. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite term, pivot, it's going to react differently than you expect it probably. It's, It's likely not going to be a money printing machine. And so anybody that's been trying to get Google to be a money printing profit machine for their business Mm-hmm. probably going to be disappointed. I mean, more and more of that first order profit is going to Google and you just kind mm-hmm. of accept it as you're working in the in the space on Google to, dr- to grow your brand. Which is sad to hear only because the wins against e-commerce right now and direct-to-consumer is unprecedented. I mean, it's really hard. We went from a golden era of being able to print money on Facebook and Google mm-hmm. to now Facebook, it's near impossible and... Google is making all these changes that just seem like it's making it worse. Is that an acceptable uh, point of view? A, or? That is an acceptable point of view. It's yeah. it's becoming more and more important to be building a brand that people want to interact with regularly and come back for lifetime value. Mm. Like if if your if your whole business has been based on getting sales on Google from paid ads and then moving to the next paid ad for more sales, mm. you're going to be disappointed in what the what your business looks like in, in even six months to a year from now because it's we've been moving towards this lower and lower ROAS on Google ads for a long time. Mm-hmm. Not not every industry is there at, at like where there's no profit on the first order, but a vast majority of them have moved into like, you're not going to get profit. You can want it all you want, 
but that means you're going to be pretty far. I use the example of a supply demand curve in most of my talks where, you know, as your marketing span spend increases, your marginal utility on the, or marginal on margin on that next order is pretty small. It keeps getting mm. smaller. If you can get profit probably from Google ads, but you're so far on the left side of the supply demand curve, your volume is so small and it's likely just brand terms yeah. or anybody that happens to know who you are. And so growing a brand is, is going to be interesting, but we're watching closely and pivoting once we see data. So we, we do have some examples of what we've seen. Uh, so one of the early ones for a smaller client of ours that was spending, I want to say about 200 to 250 a, mm-hmm. a day, pretty consistently for months, July 26th, they flipped on performance max or we did on their behalf, spend went to $490. We like, whoa, 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 let's let's pull this back and see what happened. So yeah. we we quickly looked at it and pivoted, but we under looking under the hood and figuring out where did this spend come from? Because we've been spending this on we have larger budgets than most spends because they have some elasticity. If there's goals are being met that you can spend more on shopping or search as it performs. So the team allowed those budgets to stay where they were when they flipped over mm-hmm. to performance max. Well, shopping had averaged about $75 a day. And so it was about 150-ish um, in, in text ads. So mm-hmm. big jump. And we you can actually dive into the data and see how much did it spend on shopping. It's some complexities within the reporting tab. But we saw that it spent $15 that day. So it went from $75 to $15 on shopping. Okay. You know, the market didn't change, so the campaign changed. Mm-hmm. And when you go in and look at video spend, you can do some manipulations in the main overview on Google Ads to see how much was spent on video. It was $422 spent on prospecting video that had zero sales. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing, and you've kind of justified this for me or, or, or you know, made it come back up. But the, the reality is that I'm hearing that basically Google is doing this to get more ads on YouTube because that is where everybody's going. So they're like, let's just, we need more spend on, on YouTube because that's where, you know, we have more I, I don't even now. I don't even think it's where more people are going. It's where Google knows they to get again shareholder value. They need more mm. spend on YouTube. They can only get so much on search. Yep. If and if search goes down and there's less people searching for stuff, there's less ads they can put out there. So YouTube has almost limitless potential for ads because of how much mm. content we're consuming there. But we haven't been advertising there over the last couple of years as aggressively as we had in the past because it yeah. just wasn't performing. Okay. And so shareholders have been demanding, hey, we need to see these CPCs and volume increase on YouTube. Performance Max aggressively goes after YouTube. Yep. And, and it's okay. just the results haven't been there to get me excited about YouTube spend. It's just not. Uh, it's so far top of funnel and there's so little consideration at this exact moment when you're on YouTube watching a video I'm likely not interested in the product you're trying to sell me. Likely. Right. It's like it's kind of like social at this point on yeah. Facebook or Instagram where 
I think you're going to be interested in this, but I've got to convince you you're going to be interested and get you to go back to Google and search for something potentially where I capture you there again. Yeah. So very top of funnel, but there's a lot of spend there. It's like advertising on Twitter. Like I I don't think I've ever had a relevant ad on Twitter, which is shocking. It is because there's a lot of data on who you are on Twitter. Oh yeah, a lot. But I don't think they have the volume of the ads to be able to say, oh, John is this profile, this ad aligns with his profile. I think there's a shortage, you know, when you're working on a supply and demand market, that's, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And Twitter has all the, all the demand, but none of the supply. And yeah, I think nobody's it's different going to on YouTube. Right, exactly. So, okay. So what else does a brand need to know to prepare for this? How can we make this actionable for folks? The performance max campaigns by definition are going to cover some search as well. So they're going into video, they're going into search in one campaign in addition to shopping, in addition to the remarketing that Smart Shopping did. And so you have to be careful on how you're structuring your search. According to Google and what they've published, it will not touch exact match keywords. So if you've built out exact match keywords, stays away from those. Mm. So I'm looking for, you know, black high heels. Black high heels is an exact match. It's not going to create an ad for that because it's already in there. Interesting choice of search terms. (laughs) It's okay. Purple high heels. Uh, (laughs) If that's a broad match keyword and you don't have the exact match built out, the performance max will take precedent and show an ad and your broad match keyword won't show. Okay. But there's a a large asterisk here. It's not working that way all the time. Mm -hmm. We have a large advertiser, spends a couple million a month. We have a lot of exact match built out. And we were able to show Google, we pushed play on performance max. Exact match went to zero. And that day, like, and they have a lot of search volume on those exact mm-hmm. match terms. Performance max went way up and above and beyond what just shopping ads were doing because we could pull the shopping ad traffic mm-hmm. and say, hey, something misaligned here. It looks like it took exact match. Google's like, that's yeah, not possible. We're like, well, how did they get no impressions on their exact match keywords this day when they've been spending hundreds mm-hmm. of dollars a day? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to look at that. I'm like, okay. So you have to watch that. And then be aware that sometimes it's not going to always work the way Google intends it to be. Like everything else, right? There's probably some exceptions. Something was there that caused an issue, right? So. Yep. And what we're seeing too in the shopping space is a lot of times, so so performance max is an algorithm. So it's especially important if you're moving up standard shopping into performance max or quickly went standard shopping into smart into performance max. It's an algorithm and algorithms are inherently lazy. Mm. And so they take the lowest hanging fruit and don't really work that hard to try to build your brand because it's that's not their job. Their job is to go get your goal. And if you can't, goal is not possible, it's, it won't spend. Mm. So you got to go into the, in some of the reports and figure out what products are the ones that it's showing. And what we're seeing in a lot of advertisers is that it's only one or two products that are capturing most of the spend in shopping. And so if that's the case, you might need to start breaking things out a little more granular in your shopping campaign structure mm-hmm. and say, mm-hmm. hey, Performance Max needs to have these campaign, these products here, but then these products here need to have a different goal and be able to go out and do things on their own and not get sucked into those other two and don't spend anything. Yeah. So again, watching it closely. That makes sense. Okay, so what does the future look like? What do we, okay, we, we have little data yet, but what should we be paying attention to? What does the future look like here? Well, feeds are becoming more important than they were in the past. Like, feeds have always been important. You have to get your product data into Google. 
but the quality of the feed is more important. Like if you're putting garbage into Google's algorithm, you're going to get garbage out for sure. And so at least give yourself a shot by saying, hey, we need a quality feed that has all of the data Google can take in the feed. Mm You know, and there's a lot of tool sets for that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, there's a lot of feed systems that can do it. Um, okay. I think that that experts that understand feeds are going to be more valuable because it's not. It used to be, I can get a static feed up to Google and it'll be okay, and that's mm-hmm. great. But I think you're going to have to be a little more reactive in watching that data closely. I mean, even just uh, last week we had an advertiser that their shipping columns got messed up. And I was able to see like, well, I just searched on Google and you should have free shipping on this $300 yeah. product. And it's showing delivery charge of $58, which is causing you to not be competitive against everybody else mm-hmm. that has free shipping on that product. And so your price was way higher. And so that's imp- going to be important. The, the titles. So we had a Tonu cover yeah. company that didn't have Tonu cover in their titles because when you went to the site, you didn't need it because you knew you were looking at a Tonu cover. But right. Google's algorithm is saying, hey, if you're selling tonneau covers, you might want to have that in the title, even if it's not the visible portion, just in there to give it more relevancy. So just know that feeds are valuable. And if you don't have an expert that's looking at that regularly, you might want to invest in that or at least have an expert look mm-hmm. at it and tell you if it's going to make sense. And then I personally think that this campaign structure, well, I think Google's design was to make it very easy for small advertisers to get in there and compete. I think it's going to do the opposite of that. And, and six months from now, we'll probably know where, what it's doing. But mm-hmm. if, if you're a large brand and you have, have given Google a lot of data to work with in your campaign structure where there's all this automation and AI, you're going to have some pretty large advantages over a very small advertiser that hasn't spent a lot. Therefore, Google doesn't have a lot of data on their product lines yeah. and what they're able to do with these products. So... I think we go fast forward six months down the road, the rich are going to be getting richer and rich means large brands are going to be getting bigger and more and more coverage very easily. I don't think it's going to be, I can't say impossible, but it's going to be extremely difficult to start a brand on Google with Google traffic. And Facebook has already become a place where you're not going to be able to start a brand and start selling direct to consumer very easily unless you do a lot of work with influencers to start and get some really famous quality influencers mm-hmm. to start pushing your product. Like you can yep. you can start a brand with a Kardashian very easily. That's not going to be a difficult thing, but there's very few brands that are going to be able to do that. Well, even with Instagram changes, who knows? You yeah. Know? Uh, and TikTok, right? I mean, like TikTok, it's when, you know, TikTok feeds are no longer celebrity feeds, right? They're feeds of things you're interested in from anyone across the world. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I you know, I, there was the whole, we could do a whole, show episode on the changes that the Kardashians were upset about with Instagram recently. And, you know, there's a lot of those changes happening. All of it is great for consumers and bad for brands, quite honestly. So I agree with you. I think if you're starting an e-com brand right now, there's a lot to consider there and you better have deep pockets because it's going to be a challenge and it will swing back the other way eventually. But Man, you gotta like. I don't think that's gonna happen for a while. So for a while, because the companies that control advertising are large, and they mm-hmm. need big movements in money to impact their share price, which is what they're yeah. all beholden to, because they're all publicly traded. And so, if you want to make small advertisers do really well, at the end of the day, a, a company the size of Google doesn't care if you're spending five hundred bucks. I mean, they like mm-hmm. it; they're not gonna turn it down. 
but they are going to focus largely on, you know, the Home Depots, the AT&Ts, the companies that are spending, you know, eight, nine figures a year with them that move the needle for their bottom line. Right. And so just be aware of that. Go big, go quickly. Like, don't fear Google because it's not that it needs to be scary, but just know that Google's going to get their share of your revenue. And, yeah. and if you're going to constantly fight against that and just be bitter and angry, I do talk to a lot of business owners like Google's terrible. I'm, <laughs> I met one <laughs> at this conference that doesn't use Google Analytics because Google just steals his data. I'm like, okay, what? Well, I they're going to get it anyways. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you keeping from Google? Like, because you don't use analytics, like they don't know you exist. Like they have to rank your site. Like, so you have Google search console. Like they know where, you, I mean, it blew me away that somebody was still of the mindset that Google analytics is, is terrible. And if I put it in there, all my competitors will get access to my mm -hmm. stuff. I was like, I, at that point, I'm like, I, I can't help you at this point. Like, I'm not going to be able to work with you. Like, that level of paranoia just some, doesn't work. Some battles aren't worth fighting, right? They're and not. I'm just like, like just... I, hey, you're going to believe that whether I tell you that something different or not. You've been doing this long enough that, okay. And I guess the final one that I've got is it is a shameless plug for you and CRO, but it, I think it, it it has a lot of validity that if your site converts better, Google's going to more easily be able to show your products and remarketing ads and things because they're seeing the conversions because yeah. hopefully you have Google Analytics on your site. Um, and if Google has that data to say, hey, site A, you both have the same goal, but your site converts better than site B, guess who's going to win that algorithm battle every yeah. time? And so you cannot ignore CRO. Yeah. If, if you're trying to before, sorry, but it's going to be conversion rates will feed Google algorithms. Well, that <laughs> that is day. music to my ears. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I you been, have that... you been paying Google for this, John? <laughs> <laughs> yep, we went to them. We said we have a really good idea. It's called Performance <laughs> Max, and we will let you steal that term and roll with it. Yeah, no, you know, here's the thing though, right? Is CRO has always been important to ranking mm -hmm. high in Google because they've always considered conversions as part of it. But I agree in the sense that it's becoming even more and more impactful be as you're looking for ways to compete against all the big guys out there who mm -hmm. are, you know, Nike is, you know, as you said, just using that example, uh, they have millions of video assets they can give to to Google to generate a stellar ad. And if you have two assets that you've paid some guy on Fiverr to make for you because you're starting out and that's all you can afford, okay. But you have to continue to look at what are all the ways that I can compete and be better than that other brand who is probably also just starting out and also paying somebody on Fiverr. And if that's the case, like convergence is definitely one of those ways. Um, so that's, that's good to hear. Yeah. And it's, you know, back to that CRI thing, like companies, you might not be able to afford real quality CRO, actual CRO to start, mm -hmm. at, you know, at John's rates. Like you, you have to aspire to that. If you aren't planning, planning to pay John at the good, your going rate, uh, you're, you're planning to fail at this point. Like yeah. you guys say, okay, well, how do I get that? I've got to reverse back how much John costs because his team's going to pay for themselves, but I have to, I have to get the margin there to be able to afford mm -hmm. it to start. So taking baby steps, taking, you know, doing the CRO product that John's got in place that says, Hey, here's the steps you can take to do it yourself to get to the point where you can pay us to really take you to the mm -hmm. next level. That small, it's like, I'm reading the slide edge again. I try to read it every couple of years and it's that small 
thing you're doing every single day that's going to get you to the right place that if you yep. ignore it you're not making a decision against it but you're falling further and further behind and you're going the wrong direction by not taking yeah. so small actions so you've got one percent just get one percent better every day that's mm-hmm. uh you know it's one of our core values here at the good is is just small incremental improvements lead to big compounding changes so um awesome brian thank you for the intro and helping me better understand performance max today uh i look forward to checking back in with you in six months or so about this hopefully no oh, yeah and learning a lot more about how it's going hopefully google just has has figured some stuff out and it's actually beneficial for folks i hope that's the case if me not too. I also trust that Google will recognize that and it will go the way of a lot of other experiments they've run over the years. And they'll Yeah, we might have we might revisit this in a month or two, <laughs> depending yeah, on hey. how quickly things change. That's fair enough. All right. Well, when it happens, uh, when you have more data, let's talk about it. We'll, Sounds we'll good. Go Thanks, John. All right, Ryan. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. Keep up to date with new episodes. You can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.